This week, I'm joined by Rosa O. Mariotig, who is an associate professor at the School of Foreign Studies at the Aiki Prefectural University in Japan. In this episode, we discuss his book, The Zen Buddhist Philosophy of D.T. Suzuki, Strengths, Foibles, Intrigues and Precision, alongside discussions on language, time, free will and more. I'd like to say a big thank you to my paid patrons and subscribers for making all this work possible. And if you'd like to support the podcast, gain access to some exclusive content, or just keep everything running, then please find links in the description below. Otherwise, please enjoy. So, Rosa or Mariotig, thanks very much for joining us on Hermetics Podcast. Yeah. Um, no we are going to be discussing your book, The Zen Buddhist Philosophy of D.T. Suzuki, Strengths, Foibles, Intrigues, and Precision. And this was published in this year, 2022, by Bloomsbury Press. And I believe it's part of a, a series, well, it is part of a series called Bloomsbury Introductions to World Philosophy. So this is, um, this book is a, uh, is an introductory text, really, to the philosophy of D.T. Suzuki. Um, people will have heard of Suzuki in relation to the Kyoto, Kyoto School, but also Zen. Uh, many Western religious people may be familiar, and this is where I went when someone asked me about doing an episode on this. I went, I recognized the name, and I realized recently Thomas Merton was where. So, T.T. Yeah. Suzuki, Thomas Merton was one of the big figures. So, there might be somewhere else if you're thinking, oh, I know that name. That is another key place that many, um, quote unquote, Westerners, though I'm sure we'll get to the idea of Eastern West at some point, uh, recognize the name T.T. Suzuki. So, Rosa, just before we jump in with the work of Suzuki, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how this how this book came about. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, at the moment, I'm I'm living in Japan. Uh, I work at a university here, Aichi Prefectural University, and uh, my research area is in in general uh, Japanese philosophy, and uh, in particular uh, at the moment uh, Kyoto School, and um, yeah, and uh, I also. D- occasionally translate try to translate japanese philosophy as well and um yeah i've been, I've been studying dt suzuki for for quite a while um I, I got into him through um translation studies i was doing the philosophy of translation and he made a great case study of translation a translation of philosophy but also you know I, i've read a lot of him and he's kind of through him i've been introduced to the wider world of, of um, you know, um, Buddhism and Asian philosophy. Uh, so he's, um, uh, yeah, I kind of see him as my uh, my kind of vicarious teacher of, of you know, the, the, the philosophies of Asia, you know, whilst, you know, I would have my critiques and so on. Um, but yeah, so, um, uh, and yeah, this is uh, the, the um, this is, you know, developed it. I try to, for this book, I've tried to summarize and synthesize his philosophy, um, try and get a kind of make it into more of a system. Um, he himself is all the time talking about philosophy, all the time talking about these ideas. And um, it was when the editors of the, the book, um, 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 Takeshi Morisato, Morisato Takeshi, uh, suggested that it's meant to be three chapters, self-knowledge, world. And when I started to think about it, I suddenly saw there is kind of a system to that, uh, that D.T. Suzuki philosophy does talk about self, which has implications for knowledge, which is, has implications for world. Okay, and then it's, it kind of developed in kind of, I, I, I would like to think a kind of a, a smooth kind of uh, systematic synthesis of, of his ideas. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get into this problem. Probably the first question I tackle this sort of strange irony of Zen in relation to philosophy. Mm. And as you've said, I mean, a lot of people would say Zen and system is, you know, precarious mm. water. But before I do so, uh, I have to ask you the Hermetics question. You can place three thinkers, living or dead, yes. into a room, uh, living or dead, and listen in. And DT Suzuki is already in there waiting. Uh, who do you who do you pick? Okay. Um, the the other two will be uh, Slavoj Zizek <laughs> and. Um, Another Kyoto philosopher, Tosaka Jun. Um, I'd, I'd pick Slavoj Zizek because he has spoken a lot about DT Suzuki. He took him quite seriously. He uses DT Suzuki as kind of his um, representative of, of kind of uh, Buddhism or, or Asian philosophy in general. And um, I, I would, you know, I'd like to hear, you know, I, I, um, I, you know, I can imagine how DT Suzuki would respond, and I like to hear how Suzuki would respond to DT's response. Um, 
I pick uh, Toast Sakajun because um, when we approach DT Suzuki, um, we, we always make allowances for the fact that he's coming from quite a different uh, background. Okay, there is this principle of charity where we will allow him certain contradictions or allow him certain beliefs. Okay, that, mm-hmm. that we mightn't agree with, but we let let him away with it. Okay, Toast Sakajun was. Uh, part of the Kyoto school in the sense that he he studied under Nishida Kitaro, the, the major philosopher of the Kyoto school. He he went on to become a um, Marxist philosopher and died in prison during uh, World War II. He was imprisoned for his beliefs. I think he, he wouldn't let D.T. Suzuki away so quickly mm-hmm. with a lot of the stuff D.T. Suzuki came out with. And I think that they would have a very impassionate conversation that would be worth listening into. I'm interested. That's an interesting one. Um, so do you think, I mean, you know, obviously many people listening to this podcast will have been familiar, will be familiar with Zizek. I mean, sort of the the, the yeah. equivalent of a celebrity chef when it comes to uh, yes, yes. philosophy. I mean, do you think Zizek's ideology, like Zizek's philosophy of ideology is Zen, is has, has relationships with Zen? Um, well, it, in his book, um, what's, what's the word? Uh, less than nothing. He, he does talk about Suzuki, he does talk about Buddhism, uh, but he, he feels that um, uh, he, he's, he's critical of it, okay? He, he feels that it's, uh, it raises questions that it can't answer because um, it, it always falls back on a kind of a religion, okay? Uh, the assumption that um, it, it, it kind of, it, it tries to fall back on a non-materialist explanation of its materialist insights mm-hmm. so um uh so so um no he he, he would be he, he is explicitly critical of zen he's also critical of what he felt was the lack of morality in in zen okay uh, as expressed by dt suzuki particularly dt suzuki's controversial comments about samurai and swords and the sword does the killing you know he he mm very much objected to that he felt it was a nihilism or nihilism as you call it to it so you think that room would be pretty uh suzuki would be on the have to be on the defense he would actually he would actually so i picked two of his uh uh, um well i won't say enemies but um you know critics (laughs) do you think he would um find that engaging or do you think he'd have a, a different attitude towards the criticism he'd sort of you know have a different way of approaching it um, well, w- w- this will probably come up later, but it, it, he, I've, I've had a feeling he might be just, he, he might start just saying, well, Zen doesn't have a philosophy, <laughs> which I, I would find a dis- disappointing response, to be honest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in some ways, that is Suzuki's limitation that mm-hmm. he did tend to chicken out of. <laughs> intellectual engagements you know by, mm. by saying well it's Zen doesn't have a philosophy I mean it's the in, perfect get out clause right it is is isn't it isn't it yeah yeah yes did you did you struggle with that I mean was there any uh, I mean obviously these are introductory texts so the the, the title mm. makes sense but did at a certain point I mean I guess you have that secondary title strength foibles intrigues and precision which sort yes. of makes up for it but did you sort of say the Zen Buddhist philosophy of D.T. Suzuki already entering into this problem of Zen mm. and philosophy in the same sentence. I mean, how do we, how do we, that's the, I guess that in a way that's the big circular problem that we're, we're, yeah, we're yeah. I, I want to say circling around, but the idea of an anchor already is a problem with Suzuki. Yeah. So how do we approach that problem of Zen and philosophy? Yes. Um, well, well I, I discussed it a bit in the introduction. Um, f- first of all, I feel that, um, you know, you, you can't escape having a philosophy, okay? Even saying, oh, my religion, my ideology doesn't have a philosophy is a, is a philosophical philosophical stance, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, his assertions, uh, his defense of why Zen is not a philosophy, oftentimes is, is kind of a, a trivial defense. It's kind of like saying the experience of Zen and talking about Zen are two different things. But we all kind of know that, you know, like any philosophy can make that, mm-hmm. uh, make that point, you know, that when we talk about the philosophy of the mind and actually walking around the mind are two different things, you know, it's, it's, he's, you know, he's not saying anything that philosophy doesn't already know. Um, also, I, I, you know, I don't think in a free open society, no 
religion or ideology ideology should be beyond philosophy, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you still mm-hmm. have to justify what you're asserting, you know, mm-hmm. and if you're not asserting anything, well, then, you know, th- then don't assert anything. Don't don't be a religion. Don't be writing books. OK, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. Fair. I mean, yeah. why? Yeah, why? Right. Yeah. I mean, so in yeah. that sense, I'd open with a huge and maybe another huge question, then, which I guess is very difficult. But what is it that Suzuki wishes to assert? Um, he wishes to assert that um, Zen, if if you go into your mind, if you um, penetrate into your mind, you, you will hit a certain experience. And it's a certain experience of the you're existing in the here and now, okay? Mm-hmm. Which we all know we're existing here and now, but very, very rarely do we, does the implications that hit us fully, mm-hmm. okay? It might do randomly, you know, uh, but if if when that hits you, okay, when that knowledge hits you, the knowledge of you exist, you are here and now, here and now, here and now, um, that that knowledge is a very real, true knowledge. It's not a knowledge that you've discovered. It's it's as as, as it's it's a knowledge that can't be not known, okay, mm-hmm. and that that is the truth. He has to he's trying to get out to the world and. The minute you get it out there, immediately it'll be a you know a flock of um, uh, philosophical uh, vultures you know flying around eating. To, you know it, it'll die and it'll be it'll turn into a carcass for them to eat mm-hmm. on. Okay, the minute it's put into words. So he's just saying, look, I, we can try to put it into words, but but be aware that the minute you put it into words, it's it's already a dead mm-hmm. idea. Okay, that, that was alive in your mind mm-hmm. while you were experiencing it. So of course you know exactly what I'm going to ask. How can we put it into words? <laughs> um, I guess we we uh, sort of touched on this. I mean, we're already we're always yeah. going to be revolving around this yes. problem. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, yeah. In, I guess in what sense can it be encapsulated in, in words? Does it have to become something other than a philosophy? Does it have to become a poetic philosophy? Does it have to become a you know a non-philosophy? You know. Um. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it is. It is a you know a description of of an ex- experience, okay. But um, I, I think the role of philosophy is is always to stand and look at experiences in the world, okay. Mm-hmm. Like our religious experiences, our our political experiences, our our you know the philosophy of something. So you know, philosophy is always entitled to. Look at our assertions and and talk about the implications of it and for it. Mm-hmm. And um, um, again, going back to my earlier point that um, okay, it's fair enough. Um, it when you put it into words, it becomes derived, secondary, mediated. Okay, um, but you know that that's 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 the way it is with mm-hmm. all our knowledge and experiences. Um, you know. Uh, like I'm just trying to think of an analogy from from politics, but you know, you, you, could you could you argue that you know, since the philosophy of democracy is never you know, real democracy is far more messier and corrupted than the philosophy of democracy. Therefore, you know, we shouldn't have a philosophy of democracy. I, I don't know if that analogy works. No, I, yeah, no, I understand what you mean. I mean, it's yeah, sort yeah, of, yeah. Um, you know, there's almost a sense of complete impotence if you would say, well, we can't write this. And do you think, yeah. you know, if we can't put this down, at, like if you say, right, it's only experience, we can't ever write this. And I mean, this mm, really applies yeah. as well to monastic traditions. You would say, well, mm-hmm. okay, well, what I've written about in my monastic experience, you know, I'm thinking yes. maybe the Carmelite, the early Carmelites, which I was reading about coincidentally yeah, this yeah. morning sort of said, Right. We never wrote much because it was all about the experience. But at the same time, mm. what are we to do with it? I mean, this is Suzuki's yeah, yeah. position. Do you think his difference yeah. as a as someone practicing Zen is he is admitting to that? Look, we're going to have to deal with this always secondary thing. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, where's the history? Where's anything? Yeah. You know, something yeah. has to be solidified. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, like, yeah, that, you, you raise an interesting point that if if you do experience this, you know, this. Let's use the word satori. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the word for it for this awareness, enlightenment of here of what I'm defining as awareness of enlightenment of you've been here and now satori. Um, okay, you can you can you know 
do nothing about it. Okay, mm-hmm. and and the whole Zen monastery tradition is that you know there, there are Zen monasteries temples here in Japan where people are experiencing Tori all the time and just you know uh, it's in some ways that's their experience you know mm-hmm. but um, you know for for Suzuki you know he he even though it can't be put into words he still was driven to try and show the world look you know there is something here um he was particularly driven by the 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 scientism scientism and skepticism and nihilism of of modern times where where you know people stop believing in religions because they think religions are, are a bit crazy and superstitious and you know and to think that science can explain everything and you know he he's just coming at that saying look there's this satori experience which um shows number one that religions you know are not religions are can be understood as true because of the experience of their truth okay mm-hmm. uh, not true blind faith and science can't get at everything science can't get at the here and now mm-hmm. um so that that's where his philosophy is coming from it's it's not so much to take a photograph of his experience to describe his experience to write it down in poetry it, it's to get get that satori experience out into the public marketplace of ideas to to mm-hmm. fight battles for religion against excessive rationality and excessive skepticism so would he argue that religion in, as that structure is built up from multiple individual satori's experiences mm-hmm. but those experiences even though they're individual must share a common thread yes yeah he would he would he would he'd say um you know w- when you experience that satori of the here and now you're tapping into a knowledge that has existed potentially any human can experience that and any human can know that mm. you know it, and it will be the same knowledge it's it's it, it's illogical to think it would be a different knowledge um because it's such a it's not a knowledge of anything okay <laughs> you know what i mean because if it's a knowledge of something then it's not here and now it's over there mm, as soon <laughs> as you can say then. that thing yeah. it's yeah. either been on gone or you're yes. going to it Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Mm. So do, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Did you, did your interest in this, did this, did this begin from personal satori? Or did it begin from the philosophy, and then you went? <laughs> do you, do you practice or? Yeah, no, actually, no. I, I, I'll, I'll admit, I, I don't practice. And um, as I said, it, it came from out of intellectual curiosity. Mm. Okay, and I've, I've. I've been treating Suzuki in the, in that way, you know, in in a secular way. Um, but I I do have you know I I do have my own um, you know religious beliefs and and definitely um, you know I, I I think most of us understand do get hit by that idea of we exist here and now. Okay, so I mean Suzuki does talk about you know Satori is a question of intensity. Does Big satori's, little satori's. Well, well, that was Costler said that in a criticism, in in mocking. But yeah, you know, in other words, it's it's um, every individual has a certain shades of the satori, yeah. you know, experience. And yes, you know, I mean, I, I'm very comfortable uh, discussing satori, even though Suzuki or some people might point their finger and go, "Well, you." haven't practiced, you haven't signed up, you're the wrong nationality. I say, no, 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 excuse me, excuse me. If we take you by your word and, you know, my feeling about it is is as valid as yours, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Is that Arthur Costa? Yeah, 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 <laughs> wow. yeah, yeah. I didn't, yeah. Know, I didn't Him know. and Suzuki didn't get on. Well, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I've read, uh, <laughs> the, what is it, A Ghost in the Machine by Costa and that's Right, right. I mean, I was yeah. just surprised you mentioned him because they, those yeah. two positions are... Yeah. Um, oh yeah sort yeah, of as i understand yeah. kostler is sort of a radical russian somewhat with a russian taint behaviorist yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. middle european yeah 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 mm, mm. so yeah. in what sense then can there be is i mean it just just because i always i do this western thing of loving a teleology right it's like the western compulsion mm, of like, yeah. oh, right where are we yeah. going where are we going let's get there yeah, let's yes. get this done yeah. um in the sense of an evolution in the sense that mm. the thing that you're finding isn't something that you're creating or developing but it's something yeah. that's being revealed that always was in relation yes. to a satori yes is it yeah. that there is there could be 
a teleology. Yeah. But yeah. all you're ever going to be doing is revealing that. And perhaps you're going yeah. to reveal that the teleology, that I'm going to assume maybe the teleology that is that there isn't going to be a teleology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, right, okay, the the idea behind a, behind a teleology is, um, you know, uh, we're, we're kind of, we have a meaning because we're part of a story, okay, um, and the story is leading towards something, and we're playing a role in it, and we're, we're, we're go, going there, so the, the end is at, the, the end is at the end of the story, okay? And now is just part of the story, okay? Okay, that, that's that's my rough defin- mm. understanding of teleology. Um, Suzuki would say, no, that, that's, that story is, again, secondary, mediated. It, it's a projection. It's the end is now, okay? Not in the future, okay? It's, it's you're already at the end of the story, mm-hmm. okay? Um, which doesn't imply that there was no story but rather um uh r- rather it's so you know it's it's there's a level see when you have a story you're you've already you're already carving things out in the world you're mm-hmm. already excluding certain things you're already putting in certain characters that, that, that you know exclude other possible characters you, you you know to make a story otherwise it's not tellable okay mm-hmm. um and suzuki say okay fine but look at all the stuff you're cutting out and here's the story where it includes every possible story okay that's what it is it's the story of stories <laughs> mm, that's nice. you know that's that when you're at the point of now that's where it, it all comes from you know you know, so that would be a good thing to focus on to really as a, almost like a disproof that this isn't just a nihilism. Yes. Yeah. No, it's not. Not at all. No, because for him, the the stories that emerge from that, okay, the, there is a contingency arbitrariness about, as I just said, you're having this story and not that story, but they're still coming from a valid source. Okay. Mm. You know, it's not, it's not just um, um, mindless projections to cope with nihility. It's, we have to accept that they're, you know, they're they're coming out of us because, you know, that that's uh, where where else would they come out of, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. So from this position of now, though, is the future are they possibilities or are they things which are just going to be revealed and given? Uh, yeah, that that's a, that's I mean that's getting into the uh, free will question. And ju- would I would for Suzuki would I be jumping too much by saying we even need to think about that, you know? Because you, um, all you're ever really should be dealing with is the satori of the now. So in saying, well, what's coming? It's like, well, don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, well, he still he still has to deal with time. You know, he can't, he can't mm-hmm. deny <laughs> that there is a world out there. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and and we go back to it once once. You know, the, I mean, the thing about satori is that it it does actually come and go. You know, you mm-hmm. you go back to re- everyday world knowledge. Um, and that that has to be dealt with. Okay, I mean Suzuki will, in his rhetoric, dismiss and go, "Oh, it, it doesn't matter." You philosophers asking these questions, but but he does, you know, he has to account for it. Um, and um, yeah, uh, um, so, so 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 sorry. What 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 exactly? Was so your yeah. What, so from the from the position of now is is what's yeah. coming is it a possibility in the sense right. of a, I, mean, I guess you could say multiple different options yeah. you know in relation to this idea right. of nihilism nihilism sort yeah. of negated if you say well i'm choosing from different things or are these mm. things given and i mean that yeah that is a question of free right. yeah yeah okay yeah yeah um <clears throat> well you know, um like suzuki himself is uh you know he he bounces around with this issue you know okay there is a complete openness, okay, into the future. He says, mm-hmm. you know, we're the Zen, the man of Zen is gone. I, I can't, I'm not quoting his exact words, but mm-hmm. it's more or less the paraphrase the man of Zen has gone into God's workshop, <laughs> you know, taking his tools and is going to start mm-hmm. banging away this creativity, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so there is this sense of, of, of pure openness um, in the future, you know. Um, there is also this sense that the future has already happened, okay? That there is this fusion between, because the, the world out there and you looking into it um, are at some level hyper-connected, that 
you know, you are being carried along by the world and the world mm. is being carried along by you. Okay. Um, and, you know, that, that is the, the happy message, you know, that you can, you, you are utterly free. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are, cause you're, you're at the point of here and now, which is not part of space time, uh, you know, cause and effect. And um, plus you are being, carried along by this world that you were hyper connected with so mm-hmm. it's it, it bounces between free will and and determinism um <clears throat> i i think um the ideal okay the ideal zen ma- man a person of zen um would be d- this awareness that you are you you know you you do have to act in this world okay you do have to behave okay the, the world's you're not a puppet. The world, you know, if you wait there, nothing, you you just, uh, the world's not going to move for you, move you for you. You know, on the other hand, you know, everything is already in motion, you know. Mm. And I, I, don't, I hope this doesn't sound frivolous, but, you know, in one of the Harry Potter novels, okay, yeah. um, J.K. Rowling novels, um, Harry Potter for half an hour drinks this little, Lucky potion, I think it's called, or happy potion, or something. And liquid luck. What's that? Was called L- yeah? liquid luck. I think. Yeah, I remember. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, good, because uh, it's a long time since I read it. So if if I can't remember the details, I'd love if somebody could fill me up, fill me in. And he has to go find something. And Hermione and the other guy, they say, "Oh, let's go." It, obviously, it's in over there, maybe in the library, or something. And he goes, "No, I think I'll go visit my friend, the spider," mm-hmm. and he just goes off randomly. And for some reason, he has this feeling that for the next half an hour, no matter what he does, no matter how strange it is, it'll be the right choice. Okay? Because mm-hmm. it's already fated that everything's going to turn out well for him. Mm-hmm. Okay? But he's still acting. He's still making those choices, Harry Potter, at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the potion isn't, doesn't create a little, uh, you know, hum, humulus or whatever inside him going, go that way, go this way. He's, just, he's still just feeling it. But mm-hmm. he's feeling... That connection where the future's already decided, mm. so just go with it, you know. Mm. J.K. Rowling, she's never really, uh, you know, respected for her work on free will and. No, she's not. No, I mean, no, you know, she's really found, yeah, the, yeah. found the key. Yeah, yeah. There you no, go. I, there I mean, I, I actually think you know, despite I mean, my listeners are going to berate me now, but despite not being a big fan of the Harry Potter novels, I mean, actually, that's a f- fantastic analogy of the fact. Well, he's not suddenly in commune with some god mm. who's going right. Yeah, you drank the potion, which means you're now talking to me. But equally, he's not yeah. just a robot. He's yes, he's yes. Uh, yeah. in touch with whatever yeah. that mm. thing is. But that equally does plot but that isn't so a christian would read that as being more, more intensely in touch with god's will but that's right. definitely not there it, there isn't a god here that we're speaking of with this suzuki right no no yeah that's a that's a good question um you know and and um uh i i do point out in the book that he does talk about karuna and prajna karuna is let's say love prajna mm-hmm. is wisdom um and where is that coming from? Is that coming from another? To, to, you know, a, a machine can't love you. You know, only another person, per, personality, another personhood, okay, can can love you. And and wisdom as well. It takes a conscious knowing, okay. So when he's talking about th- these Buddhist ideals of prajna karuna, um, is he setting up a, a, an other that knows you're there and loves the fact that you're there, okay? That you know that that is the religious idea that compared to materialism naturalism that the universe knows you're there and loves the fact that you're there okay okay mm-hmm. uh, whereas a materialist would say no the universe doesn't know you're there there's no knowing there's no consciousness out there to, to know you're there mm-hmm. okay um and and suzuki is going for that religious answer that that you know the world out there is aware that you're here okay Okay, it's not blind nature. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it is a problem how how much other that Karuna Prajna is. Okay, um, it it's um, see if if it's not other if if you can jump into it. Okay, uh, through your at the depths of your mind. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and become one with it. Then it's not other. It's it's just you again, <laughs> you know. It it's it's not mm-hmm. another person. It's just 
you with a bigger mind or a, a, a you know a substitute mind or whatever okay um yeah so that 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 is a that is a problem okay um it, it, trying to hit for him to try and account for um you know uh not having a godhead but still having the the love and wisdom in the universe mm-hmm. it, like a lot of the Kyoto school he was quite happy to talk about god okay mm-hmm. he felt you know and, and they were all like this nishitani as well nishida tanabe they, they all used the word god when it suited them okay mm-hmm. and they were happy to do so and, and that's what's great about the kyoto school that's you know that the, this kind of um free free borrowing from from different uh religions you know um so he 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 was you know in in one of his books the field of zen suzuki does talk about you know god uh, uh yeah what's the phrase he uses then god wanted to see himself so he looks into the mirror and creates the world or mm. something like that you know you know, so um, um, yeah, and, and sorry, just going into that whole idea of of um, uh, this, how 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 much is yourself connected to the world? Okay, mm-hmm. there, there was a, there was a, uh, an issue within Buddhism, okay, between what's called self power, jiliki, and other power, taliki. Okay, mm-hmm. um, self power is the Zen way. Okay, you go in, you get your satori you know okay and the mm-hmm. absolute knowledge is there for you to know mm-hmm. okay and this there's no otherness okay there can't be it's it's that would be inaccessible knowledge okay yeah. now taliki is the idea that there is an otherness okay that wisdom love is coming from what's called the bodhisattva okay mm-hmm. the, the buddhist saints as they call them okay in particular in in the case of in, in jodo buddhism in in japan amida okay now um, Tanabe, one of the, the big uh, f- philosophers of the Kyoto school, you know, he he promoted this idea of, of Jodo Buddhism and of, of Taliki, other power, because he felt you needed an otherness. Otherwise, you, you lose, you know, you, you're not able to account for, for history. You're not able to account for other people. And he criticized, you know, Nishida for his excessive oneness of the self and its inability to 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 include this otherness this unknownness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. so it's, hmm. so is this is this in is this lack of otherness i mean does this relate back to the thing you mentioned at the start about zizek's critique in relation to the sword does the killing right that there's mm. that there's just something else working that we can't yeah get a hold of in a way so i mean how does that really make sense that the sword does the killing i mean is it is it is it related to this idea that there's sort of this for zen there's this you know impasse mm. of the other um well well the sword does the killing is is kind of like the harry potter lucky liquid is it uh, what, what's it called liquid yeah. luck, liquid, it, luck. <laughs> liquid luck that when the samurai is so so trained in in his movements where we're you know just it's like that where every action he makes is just simply fated to happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause it's because the future has already happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. He is so part of the world. His one, his self is disappeared, is dissolved into the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's that. So when he's swinging the sword, it's just like a uh, rain falling. Okay. Oh, that rain falls. That does make complete <laughs> sense. Yeah. Sword yeah. swing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always this, it's always this, um, I don't want to say complementary and not, or clearly not dualistic, but like a, uh, uh, not a, not the synthesis either, because they're really one and the same, but different between mm. the world and the self as moving forward mm, yeah. in time, constantly yeah. in the present. So, so in in a sense, um, one's uh, one is at fault when they are perhaps increasing that separation, when they are, you know, saying there's the world and here's the self. Would that mm. be right? Sorry, one one is at one, fault. One, you're sort of at, yeah. at fault yeah. in the Zen yeah. tradition if you were, yeah. you know, causing a separation between the yeah. world and the self. Yes, yeah, the 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 yeah, the Zen tradition would try and argue against that, the, mm-hmm. making too much of a distinction between world and self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what are the key differences then for Suzuki? I mean, you know, he's he's as I understand it, he's somewhat of a controversial figure in Zen. Mm-hmm. But is that primarily mm-hmm. just because he wrote it down? Um, yeah, well, okay, he's controversial for for many reasons for many different people. Um, uh for for the let's say official 
Zen as an institutional religion, for example, here in Japan, is controversial, like not as in the all hate him, but <laughs> in the sense that he he uh, he, he overdid it. His, his rhetoric was too good. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, they had all these Westerners turning up expecting, you know, <laughs> expecting too much. And and the, the, the feeling, you know, he he described a fairly regular religion in, in you know, such awesome mystical terms that, you know, the, the feel he, he might have overstated their case, you know, but but also they respect him for that because, you know, he, he obviously did a Zen a great service, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, other, other criticisms would uh, relate to, um, uh, yeah, this, this idea that he probably, in a sense, made up a new Zen, okay? Okay. okay. Um, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't agree with that i feel he explained it the way he explains it and he was going to explain it the way somebody in his times and with his background was going to explain it you know mm. um and i think that's that's fair enough and in some ways he, he was associated with a temple in in kamakura it's south of tokyo um called engakuji and his two masters his two zen masters um he, he was himself never a zen monk by the way um um Shaku Soen and, and uh what's his name? Imagita so, uh Imakita Kosen. Um they themselves were part of a movement that was trying to broaden br- bring Zen out into the greater community, uh often by explaining Zen in, in terms of other ideologies. At the other time, the, the big dominant ideology was Neo-Confucianism and, and um Kosen you know, wrote books trying to explain Zen in terms of Confucianism. So Suzuki was just basically carrying on that tradition, explaining Zen to different philosophical traditions and borrowing and from those traditions to explain it better. It, it was fair enough, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and then also he gets criticized for his politics, but that's a, a very complicated issue. Yeah. Is there, is there any way to... I guess no. I don't think, I guess, well, no, I guess. I'm happy to talk about well, it. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what what are his politics sort of? I guess in, oh, right. in okay. miniature. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, he, he was a, he was a man of his time. You know, he he was born in uh, um, 18, uh, 1870 Japan. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So his views reflect basically mainstream Japanese views throughout that era, where Japan is modernizing. That's mm-hmm. he thinks that's good. Japan wins wars that the rest of the world respected him for, you know, war against Russia, war against China. Okay, we're talking about the 1890s, early 1900s. Um, yeah, you know, J- Japan is the ally in, in World War One. sits at the Treaty of Versailles table. Um, he's, he's slow to spot Japan's decline into kind of uh, militarism, okay? Mm-hmm. He doesn't, in all fairness to me, doesn't, at any point really come out supporting militarism but people have found random quotes he was such a voluminous writer that that wouldn't be hard okay he 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 said you know he wrote about everything and and books and books and books so if you want to find some not very nice quotes you'll find it okay yeah but the point is my argument is always if he had supported militarism if he had supported show up emperor fascism it would have been very obvious yeah, you wouldn't have yeah. to be combing through looking for quotes okay no he he, he didn't but uh, on the other hand he was living in japan he he was you know he saw you know he he it would have been hard for him to come out and say no we shouldn't be doing this you know he he like anybody in that those kind of crises he kind of just went on with his life and just hoped this war would be over soon, you know, you know. One of those, um, yeah, one of those cases where it's far easier for us in, you know, a hundred mm, years retrospect yeah. to say, well, if I was there, yeah. I'd have known all yeah, the yeah. facts, right? Like, well, yeah, yes. you do now, but when yeah, you're in the exactly. midst of it, especially yeah, yeah. in the time without yeah. the internet, the time without mass yes. communication now, it's like, well, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, yeah exactly. it's, a, it's a ridiculous exactly. critique yeah. of there's yeah. so many philosophers yeah. that this happens yeah. to go yeah I said this it one is. thing one time <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Oh, okay yeah yeah exactly it, it is like that yeah yeah no i, I think he, i think he you know he doesn't have much to answer for in, in in terms of that in terms of the war in terms of it and his politics was you know you know mainstream conservative politics you know um you know he he at one point he 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 was a bit of a socialist and then in later life he you know thought 
you know, the young people listen to bad music and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's regular, you know, mm. you know, um, where, where I would criticize him. I think the damage he did, OK, was just his his obsessional Orientalism, okay. Just the way he constantly went on about the East and the West, the East and the West, difference between the East and the West, and that was picked up by a lot of intellectuals at the time. And I think it's kind of poisoned the spread of Japanese philosophy. You know, people, the people's automatic default assumption is that Japanese philosophy is so different to our way of thinking. We'll never understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's such the wrong, so much the wrong approach. You know. Um, you know, uh, what, you know, what, what, what were for him the key differences then between East right, and West his, thinking? His, his big one, his big kind of um, um, trendy idea that he he wined and dined on was that in the West we divide subject and object; in the East we transcend subject and object. Okay. Sorry, Westerners divide between subject yeah. and object; Easterners transcend subject and object. Okay. Yeah. For me, when you think about that, that that's meaningless. Okay, that that's Westerners do not divide between subject and object. Okay, philosophers might have talked about it in philosophy, but you know, the, Westerners don't go through life going, "I'm subject, object, subject, object, subject, object." You know, do you know well, what I mean? It, I, mean it's, it's, I mean, it's been the trajectory of. I mean, you could you could if you were to be very specific, if he just said mm. Descartes. Separate sub. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure, yep, sure. sure. But beyond yeah. that, I mean, that since Descartes, it has been one mm. of the key problems of philosophy. You yeah, know, and Hume, Hume has been seen almost been read as an Eastern philosopher because of this, because yeah. he doesn't have that. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I'm sort of in agreement with your frustration there. Yeah, that yeah. In Suzuki's talking about that, it seems that he's already yeah. saying, "Well, you're we're all talking <laughs> about the same thing, right?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and also he he doesn't even limit it to philosophy. It's just every aspect of Western life is subject object division. It, you know, it, <laughs> in, in you know, like it, it, as I said, it's obsessional. It's it's um, you know uh, uh, like j- the West has ballet where people are jumping up and down. You know, getting away from the world, whereas the East has no drama. <laughs> No it's very jumps. grounded. No one in these you know? jumps. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because one is, you know, or, or even linguistics where we say it rains because it is the subject and rains is the object, whereas in Japanese language you just say um, raining, <laughs> you know, okay. Okay. which is not, you know, linguistically that doesn't make sense. There's a reason why some languages use the word it, the, the what's called the empty subject. And other languages don't within Europe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um in other words, because he had this idea, everything it was kind of like everything he saw in the West and East could be filtered through this notion that what all, everything they're doing is is dualistic. Everything we're doing is non-dualistic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he could apply it to the most trivial aspects of life. With the result that um, rather than creating a bridge between East and West, he was creating a massive wall you know yeah you know yeah i mean is he, is he one of in do you see him in a way as one of the big historical players of people who have solidified that sort of quite fallacious east-west divide yeah i think so i think so i think he he um well like i mean i think he was influential in the, the mid-20th century he was c- kind of the asian philosopher you know mm-hmm. when, when there's some american documentary makers who, who were interviewing living philosophers and when they said oh we should include somebody from the east it was dt suzuki you know because mm-hmm. he, he spoke english and he'd be you know such a good um you know level of of knowledge about these issues and, and such a idiosyncratic um philosophy of of zen that you know uh, you know he, he attracted a lot of attention attention and yeah i think i think a lot of people both east and west it suits them to think that you know you know that there is this silk wall you know when you know all the time was a silk road you know makes it you know? Lot, makes it a lot easier yeah. to suddenly not study a, a hole yes yeah exactly exactly mm. yeah 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 um, yeah is that why there is that where this sort of relation between suzuki psychoanalysis and the occult that you touch on a little bit in your book comes in is once again there is this separation but it's in it on a different level you know these things are psychoanalysis specifically. You have the the conscious, mm. the subconscious, or the unconscious. Right. And the occult, you have I don't know, whatever, mm. whatever you want. There is always a split. There is that where Suzuki has a relationship with these, or is that is it something more? 
Yeah, no, he he did see um, he did see uh, crossovers between psychoanalysis and the occult and Buddhism. You know, um, you know. Okay, on the one hand, he did have a very Orientalist view, but he would say, you know, East and West, East and West, are completely different. He also had a view that um, the East is, has covered the West. Okay, all the the West are, mm-hmm. are struggling with stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but. That the West are catching up with the East, okay? Okay, like you know, they, they believe in this this this, this Cartesian dualism, and someday they'll realize, no, you know, it's it's we're all it's the oneness or whatever. Um, so in that spirit, he does approach um, psychoanalysis, um, and the, as I argue in the book, the the key point, the key crossover is this idea that our minds have. A part of there's a part of us that is a part of us, but acts like it's a stranger to us. Mm, okay, okay, you know, in, within our minds, there's there's these things that we don't know, even though they're part of us. Okay, mm. there's thoughts we have that are coming right from our minds because they're not coming from somewhere else, and yet they're they're the thoughts of a stranger to us. Mm-hmm. Okay, and for psychoanalysis, um, that those thoughts are coming from our most from our our animal instincts okay because we we evolved from animals and they're still there you know these instincts and our subconscious our conscious um subconscious job is to to keep them repressed okay Mm -hmm. so that we don't behave inappropriately and most time we succeed in that and for for suzuki and and i think for young who's carl young who's very interested in suzuki no, that that part of our mind that's a stranger to us, that's feeding us these thoughts that we don't think are coming from us, is a part of the mind that's ex- extremely connected to the world in an almost mm-hmm. mystical way. Yeah. Okay, okay, it's not an animal instincts; it's rather angel instincts, if you mm-hmm. could like, if you could say. Um, um, and you know, both psychoanalysis and Buddhism are are touching on that unknown part of the mind. Okay. And that's, of course, also why we can get into the occult, because the occult would also argue that, you know, our mind has certain powers that if we could only tap into, and those powers come again from a connectivity. Yeah. Um, Sorry, the the idea is Buddhism, Suzuki's Buddhism, Carl Jung's psychoanalysis and occult would say, as I said, there's a part of our mind unknown to us, and that part of our mind that is unknown to us is actually at the level where it's it's utterly connected to the wider world, the wider cosmos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so that thing that comes in and tries mind. to tell us to to be or to do certain other things is that what mm. Suzuki would consider to be? You know, when I say I am doing this or I am I like this, the the, the I is that what mm. Suzuki would consider to be the I? Um. Yeah, yeah, he'd he'd feel um, um, well. We, he wouldn't be uh, he wouldn't be the same as the psychoanalysis in the sense that you know you're constantly getting these fairly coherent subconscious thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's it's more that um, th- there's your mind that you're conscious of, which is embedded in a much bigger mind. Okay, which mm-hmm. which is is kind of beyond thinking. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, yeah, so the, so the eye, the, the real eye, is mm-hmm. is that conscious mind plus this deeper yeah. mind. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, um, and the, the deeper mind is not just an extension of the conscious mind; it, it's something in a different mode altogether from the conscious mind, because the conscious mind is full of ephemeral thoughts that are coming and going. Whereas the deeper mind is the thoughts don't come and go. Okay. Yeah. So in the sense to go back to that Harry Potter metaphor of the, the love yeah. when he's, when he's in that mode, mm. he's yeah. in, he's in a deeper connection to that. Yeah. That I, I would say that. I would yeah. say that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think it's, I think it's a yeah. good way to think. Yeah. About yeah. It. I think it's, yeah. Good. We can ask Jay Rogue. Jay Rogg, Rogg, she, she would endorse that Zen. Yeah. That Zen perspective. Yeah. Well, we seem to, we seem to, really quickly gone through a lot of the the key the key points and the, the 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 book i mean is there anything key about the book that you'd like to add in or or you think we've 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 jumped over here yeah you 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 know there there is the um issue of 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 
Zen's connection with the real world and and history. Okay, mm-hmm. and there is always this problem that uh, Zen is about the here and now, the satori of the here and now, and when you express it, explain it, it becomes mediate and it, uh, mediated and derived, and in that sense, false. Like I mean, um, Zen Suzuki Zen would argue that. It's not a case that words can't express it, okay, which a lot of philosophies would agree with. It's the case that when words do express it, they're, it's automatically wrong, okay, <laughs> that, that, that the words don't miss, miss it, but the words actually go into the truth and distort it and monsterize and, you know, uglify it. Mm. Um, and that's why we, we have to be so careful of words and, and you know, um, but anyway, the, the, the point is, yeah, it, it's in the pure state of the here and now. And the minute it leaves, that goes into the there and the then, you know, it, it's it's lost it a bit. Now, on the other hand, Suzuki was always writing about Zen culture, Zen culture in Japan. One of his famous books is the um, um, the Zen in Jap- Japanese culture. OK, where he describes all the, the Zen arts like controversially uh, samurai sword fighting, but also tea ceremony, also poetry, the haiku, the little, you know, seven syllable poems, um, you know, the, the Zen style of painting, you know, but in doing so, Suzuki is kind of walking himself into a, a major contradiction because on the one hand, Zen is is meant to be pure and acultural, okay? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the here and now, it's, it's has cannot be mediated. On the other hand, he's describing this clear Zen culture, which is contrasted to a non-Zen culture, as in, let's say, ballet versus no theatre. And so, which is it? Is Zen a a specific particular culture, or is Zen the spirit of everything? Yeah, I guess he's admitting to the fact, well, Zen does have a name, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Pure Zen almost is like, you'd say, what do you you practice? And you just wouldn't say anything or something. Yeah. The fact that something has, in some sense, solidified over time, and there's some understanding of when you you say Zen, something is brought about that, as you say, there is. So these things such as haikus, etc., these are, Suzuki sees these as representatives of as close as we could get in a way of what happens when you do practice Zen. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm. They're the cultural products of zen yeah so would would yeah. would sort of more more quote-unquote strict zen <laughs> teachers would they say that such practices could never could never be um well i think it's more suzuki's problem see that there's as i was saying the zen religion felt suzuki kind of overstated his case now yeah. I, i'm i'm well i shouldn't i'm t- i'm talking for a religion of thousands of people. Let's say these, these are small conversations I would have had, casual conversations I would have had with yeah. Zen practitioners here in Japan. You know, mm-hmm. when you know, uh, um, I, I didn't sit down and interview them just casually, but you know, they, they feel you know it's um, um, it's, it's the opposite that Zen will naturally produce certain arts and mm-hmm. and you know, a certain behaviors, modes of behavior. You know, and because of that, you know, we. we have to be careful of claims that Zen is the spirit of everything. Zen is in all religions. Um, and I think it's more Suzuki who had to face that contradiction within his, his, his thinking. So they're almost saying like, you know, these, these things come about, but why do we need to keep, why do we need to talk about them? Why do we need to solidify them more in writing? You know, haikus are just a haiku, like organically, just leave, yeah. it, leave it where it is as a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, in, in affirming something for Suzuki and writing something, you, you know, he's almost, he's always in a bind, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, he, he will he will say that the thing with philosophy, you know, he, he, um, he, he says in a number of places from quite early on that he feels there's, you know, three ways of, three, three modes of truth, science, uh rationality okay philosophy okay and and religion okay and he says science is you know like the rest of the Kyoto school he doesn't deny science see science is correct okay there's no point in pretending rockets fly to the moon because of little goblins you know it's 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 you know (laughs) um whatever fuel and all that but um uh, and and rationality is correct as well you know uh, the, the one plus one equals two but they are limited 
okay? Mm -hmm. They're limited. And it's only religion that can encompass it all. And religion itself is based on Zen, okay? Mm -hmm. all, all religions, okay? When they're true, it's because they're channeling the Zen, the experience of here and now, okay? Now, um, so he, he would say, look, as he says in certain places, you know, Zen can't have a philosophy. It's beyond philosophy, blah, blah, blah. But Zen needs, Zen, you know, can't avoid going into philosophy, okay? So he just sees philosophy as strategic, you know? Yeah. It's, it's okay. something he has to do, you know? Yeah. Something he has to engage in. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make yeah, sense. Yeah. So where can we see him in the, you know, we mentioned Thomas Merton at the start, which is where mm, some people right. have heard of him, but where can we see his influence in the world today? Is there anyone who's really working with him today? Um, well, I'm sure, I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure lots yeah, of people yeah. are working with him, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, while he, was, while he was alive, he was a great networker. So yeah, Thomas Merton, Eric Fromm, Carl Jung, they, they all kind of knew him and you know, it, you know, and, and communicated with him. Um, uh, so, since he's passed away, um, he's still always mentioned, okay? He still is the, the, the go-to philosopher for the East. That's why Slavoj Zizek mentions, mentions him, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. But I think, I think slowly um, the other philosophers in the Kyoto School, Nishida, Kitaro, Tanabe, you know, who take an awful lot more work and effort and, and still have to be largely translated, um, but also have, have really hardcore, heavyweight, coherent philosophies, you mm -hmm. know, behind them. I think they're starting to emerge, you know, as, as kind of the philosophical work that, you know, scholars will, will be engaging in. I think, um, you know, Suzuki kind of... Um, he was a pioneer, you know. He 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 opened the space for the Kyoto School to to, you know, he he um, he prepared the way for a philosophy that's going to sound, you know, very different. Okay, when you first hear it. Okay, mm -hmm. and so I think I think he's attuned our ears for for the the, the wider Kyoto School. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Where would you advise people begin then with? both Suzuki and the Kyoto School. I mean, obviously, I'll say it. Uh, this is uh, your own book, uh, yeah. Zenbutter's <laughs> Philosophy of D.T. Suzuki, is a, is a fantastic uh, text on the work of Suzuki. So that's a good place to start. But I mean, Suzuki's own work, I guess, would be another question. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. for, for Suzuki's uh, works, um, his book, um, An Introduction to Zen Buddhism, that, that was very key for him. Um, because I think before that book, his take on Zen was was quite sober. It was just he was describing Zen as one more religion, okay. Mm -hmm. And he was he was quite happy to, you know, he was quite happy with the comparisons with other religions. It's it's when you get to an introduction to Zen Buddhism that he he starts to go wild. That we see the the, the Suzuki we all know, where he makes the extravagant claims for for Zen and and really fights his corner and fights any possible you know attack on, on Zen's standpoint now Zen is the 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 core origin of all religions okay mm -hmm. um but it, it is it is a, a very rhetoric rhetorically laden work okay a lot of assertions going on um if you were to wanted to see a more kind of um uh Coherent argumentation coming from Suzuki. Um, his book, The Essence of Buddhism, it, it was based on two lectures he, he gave to the Emperor of Japan. And he's talking also not just about Zen, but, but other uh, Kegon uh, school of Buddhism. But there he's far more, you know, um, systematic in his explanations of, of Buddhism, the essence of Buddhism. There's also his book, um, Mysticism and Christian and Buddhism. It's a collection of essays. Um, the earlier ones are quite good for for you know his explanation of of nothingness and so on, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he, he like he he wrote an awful lot. A lot of his works um, have very lengthy quotations. Okay, um, which you know, on the one hand that's so interesting because you, you you get a you know huge uh, insight into you know you, you get to read early texts from ancient China, you know. The only problem is, is they're so long, his quotations, that even he forgets the point he was making, you know. <laughs> you know. Wow. wow. 
So you are you now? Uh, are you going to write more on Suzuki? Are you working on another book on Suzuki or? Take, uh, take to, to, to be honest, I, I think I've for the I'll, I'll always be working on Suzuki, but I've I feel in that book I've said as much as I can say about Suzuki, and I'm kind of you know um, kind of sli- slipping off quietly to do other Kyoto school philosophers, uh, in particular t- Tanabe at the moment, Tanabe Hajime, and uh, also um, because. Uh, there's another philosopher who's not officially part of the Kyoto schools, but he's very similar. He's uh, to uh, Toshihiko because um, he was so similar to Suzuki. It, you know, I feel I could, you know, <laughs> uh, I could access him quite easily. But um, yeah, no, I, I think I'm going to try and move on to other philosophers. But, uh, you know, Suzuki will, will always be there. You know, I'm sure I'll always be coming back to him. Mm-hmm. Um so this is published by Bloomsbury, so I'm assuming we can find it via the Bloomsbury site and probably via Amazon and all lovely bookstores. Uh, yes, the Zen yes. Buddhist philosophy of DT Suzuki. Um, yeah, is there anything you'd like to add or or um, you know add in the? No, I, I, yeah, no, I, th- I think we've covered most of it. You know, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Thanks awesome. very much. Thanks very much. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you.